You're listening to the Why I Love Disney podcast. In this special quarantine edition, Ramin, David, and I discuss Frozen 2. There are plenty of spoilers ahead, so if you haven't seen the movie yet, you might want to turn it off until you do. But if you have seen it, you're ready to forge ahead. It's going to be fun. Are you ready? Let's go. All right. The other thing is it says in the beginning when they sing the song about the river, uh, you know, that lyric says, don't go too far or you'll be drowned. So I guess that would be the way Elsa would be drowned, would be to be frozen. Because that's what the mother sings at the beginning. So maybe that was part of that process. Because then Olaf says, I think Elsa went too far. And so she's... And, and too far meaning like she found out the truth right. about her family, the dark parts of but, her family's and history. And went to a point where she couldn't, at, at this point, she can't come back without, until right. Anna breaks the curse. Yeah, yeah, point no return for her for sure, without help. That's a common theme. Yeah, you know, finding out dark family secrets that have cursed you, right? Or there's curses. I mean, Dagum Ray, Palpatine, just thinking that. You know what I'm saying? Um, the whole breaking free of the of the the expectations and the dark side that's cursed your family, and being able to declare, kind of overcome that that strong power. That's a big thing. Yeah. Generational curses. Welcome to the Why I Love Disney podcast special quarantine edition, where we are going to rewatch or watch for the first time Disney movies on Disney Plus and talk about them, what we thought about them, maybe give them a little bit of a review and maybe recommend some things to you at home. Um, and hopefully start a conversation with you, what you thought. This week, what's up, first of all? David, you doing good? I'm doing great. Ramin is here with us, too. Hey, Ramin, how's it going? It's going great. Everything? You staying well? Yeah, you trying, yeah. <laughs> Distanced? <laughs> trying Very to stay, distance. All right. yeah, stay apart. Awesome. Well, um, we've got plenty of time these days to watch lots of things on Disney+, Plus, and thankfully we have Disney+. Plus. Today's movie that we're going to speak about is Frozen Two, which we are so thankful Disney brought out a little bit early for us. Actually, um, was scheduled to not be released on streaming till well in a few months in the distant yeah, future. Yeah, three months early they released it, and we got it because of the outbreak of the coronavirus. So one silver lining, you know, in the bad, we got frozen a little sooner. So anyhow, um, let's start off with this. All right, so Frozen Two. Let's let's um, Rotten Tomatoes has it at seventy seven percent, which is lower than the first Frozen. Just and I know this may not be a fair thing, but just right off the bat, did you did you like it more or less than the first Frozen, or the same? I would I would say just slightly less, probably. slightly less than yeah, the first. Just okay. I would say a little less, a little less. I I would also say a little less than the first one, but. Most sequels, I think almost very few sequels, I think anyone would say uh, they liked it more than the original. Yeah. I think that's that's it's not that's not a knock on the movie as much as it is just the nature of sequels in general. You know, you're, the story goes on. Um, they say The Godfather 2 is the only real example of a sequel that's better than the original. Some people think Toy Story 2. Toy Story 2. is better okay. than Toy Story. Yeah, you got a, a couple of examples. Or The Empire Strikes Back. Is the, the kind of the the crown jewel of the Star Wars original trilogy, um, but th- those are I, I would say exceptions. Right. Uh, Cars two definitely not as good as Cars <laughs> one. Um, 
Um, Ghostbusters 2, <laughs> certainly not as good as the original <laughs> Ghostbusters. They stopped there. But this is a good, it's a, it's a really good film, I think we would all agree. And mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about it a little bit. So what, what um where do we start here with, with Frozen? What were your... I just saw it for the first time right. on Disney Plus. You had seen it before, correct? Like right. you had seen the theater, you two. Marie. Yeah, it's in theaters in January. Um, so my, can I give you my kind of my first thoughts? Sure. I started out. We're watching with the family, and about twenty minutes in, I start to like really start to feel weird. Like I start to have these thoughts. I do not love this movie's terrible. Like I actually was thinking to myself, this feels made for DVD. It feels like it's moving too fast. It doesn't know what it wants to do. I actually was frustrated. And and there's a lot of music in the first 20 minutes. Was it the continual singing that was? Maybe. Okay. It could. It also felt just disjointed and, and kind of like they were trying to explain a lot. Right. And they're doing it through music. I mean, through music. She singing, then Anna sings, and then. It reminded Chris me of the, Mul- the Return of Jafar or the Mulan sequels that weren't for, you know, um, <laughs> that were straight to DVD. It mm-hmm. just felt like there's a lot of explaining happening here. And even though the animation's great, it just didn't feel like great storytelling off the bat. Right. It's interesting you say that because I remember when I watched it. Uh, it, it was kind of weird. I had this thought. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a, a musical. It, it was just funny because, I mean, the first one had a ton of music in it. It, it has like, um, but the fact that I, I had that thought, I think it's kind of a reflection that the beginning of that movie felt a little bit taxing almost. It was kind of like, oh, yeah, like this is the, the music was really kind of. Uh, it, was, it was, it dominates right at the beginning. Yeah. That's what I was wondering if that. It might have. I, re- I don't remember. It. I don't remember thinking that it wasn't good, but I definitely noticed up front, like, wow, we just, we've gone from character to character in, in song pretty quickly. And they're kind of, you're, you're kind of seeing where everybody is and what's happened and what they're feeling. <laughs> and even up to the scene where Olaf gives the recap of everything that happened in the last movie. You remember that where he kind of like brings it. It's almost like we need this moment to bring everybody up to date. And in, in case, case you, you hadn't seen, in case you one. hadn't seen the first one. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, I think he did it and it was done in a good way. I kind of, you Actually, know, that, that, did, that was probably something that did make me laugh. It did, I, I giggled a little bit and we, we laughed a little bit in that, but at the same time, I'm sort of, I, I thought as a, maybe I see why it needs to be there. Mm-hmm. And, and, but it sort of was like, I mean, really like, We've seen the first, like, we don't need uh, um, um, on the last episode recap right here. But at, again, it was a good way to do it. Right. I just, it lent itself to this whole, like, in my mind, like, what are, what am I, what are we doing here? What's right. going on? Now, that quickly changed um, for me. I actually felt like it was a really good movie. And I went, I had three stages I, I, in this movie. I, you know, I went from, I don't think this is very. This is not going to be very good. To eh, it's pretty good. To okay, I really enjoyed this. This is a really good movie. Do you remember you were, at what point did you think this is pretty good? Uh, once they started on the journey, once we got into the new story, right? Um, it, I found that interesting. I found that the, kind of the mystery and the intrigue kind of took over. Right. Um, also. Um, the the first song that hooked me was the one Kristoff sang in the woods with the with the reindeer. I don't know the name of that song. Lost in the woods. Lost in the woods. Yeah, yeah. it's like the eighties. I remember just there's eighties power ballad with this long hair, blonde haired dude, you know, and I'm thinking, this is awesome. And and I remember I just sort of loosened up after that and kind of leaned into the story. And, um, and so that was when it was good. And then at the end, like when, when the moment where I think it were Anna, um, 
kind of, it, it's obvious Anna's got to save Elsa. Right. In that moment where Anna's got to step up and right and take her, her kind of have her moment. I think, okay, this is, this is great. Yeah. And, and, and the animation and from the, the stone giants yeah. all the way through the forest, all that's just amazing. It is great. And that's from Incredible. the mo- first moment. It's yeah. not even like that, the, the animation. I, it's funny that like that doesn't blow my mind anymore. It should, but I, you get so used to great animation that yeah. uh, it's sad, isn't it? That I, That's not the, one of the first things you think of. Well, then you, that's, why, that's why it's good to go back and watch some of the older movies because yep. you see you see the stages it's even in the uh, of computer animation, the modern Modern animation where you can see like how much it's progressed and what they're able to do is just unbelievable. What was your favorite song in the movie? Oh, um, I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. What was your favorite song? In the movie? <laughs> I'm not sure either. Okay. I this just... brings up a good point for me. Let's talk about the soundtrack for a second. Um, it's different. It's, it's not, uh, the, the first soundtrack is, um, just this, I think the music is lighter, even though there's a lot of drama going on. Uh, these songs are a lot more serious to me, uh, even into the unknown versus let it go. They're just, there's a different tone. Uh, so it's a lot more grown up and a little more broad, a little more Broadway to me than the first movie was. Yeah, I definitely, I, I found them far less memorable, all right. of them. Um, even into the unknown. I was, I remember before I saw the movie, you know, you, you kind of check it out and the, you see the toys and you push the button. And I'm like, there's not a great hook in that. Nobody's going to be singing this in six months. And that was kind of my intuition. And I think it's pretty much proven correct. Like, not that they're bad. It's right. still a good, great soundtrack, well-written, but I just, it, it didn't have the, the staying power that, that um, the first soundtrack had. And I was actually, in that sense, a little disappointed as I listened through um, just a little too much to think about, a little too wordy. That's kind of how I felt. Too. A little too heavy. Just, yep. I, 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 I'm with you. It just, it just needed to be, I don't know if it needed to be, but I like the lighter stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there was nothing I could really, other than Into the Unknown, I could not tell you one title of any other song. And I only know Into the Unknown because it's on the it's on the cover of the box on the toy, um, and because. Of <laughs> but I, I don't know that that you know they probably did not want to again parody what they had done in the first movie. You're trying to think where where are we going with this story, and it's just not the same. the The first one is those a lot of those songs are light and fun because Anna is kind of light and quirky and funny, and you don't really have those characters in this movie, so the songs are going to change, and the songs are are more. Even th- even more interwoven into the story, they're more about the drama of that story. So they they don't stand seem to stand. But you know, even 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 the first movie. I mean, um, uh, what's on a song where she's thinking about uh, who who knew we had eight thousand salad plates? I mean, they're it's still about it's still right out of the story. They're not really standalone songs. They're right. very much part of these of the story, but it's just that somehow these are a little more so they're just so part of the, the script. Okay. Let's talk about the characters for a second. What did you guys think of Anna? Because she goes through quite a transformation. What did you guys think? Did you find her uh, protective disposition annoying or anything? You said that last week when we talked about that, you said there well, was a, there I think was an attitude. There's a there's a different shift in the first movie. She's kind of a naive, just glad that the gates have been opened. She's full of 
joy and kind of wonder. And in this movie, she's just a lot more burdened. I mean, like, um, not at the beginning, because even Olaf says, you know, do you ever worry about this? She's like, no, because I have you and I have Elsa. But then all of a sudden, this whole thing with with Kristoff, every time he says something, she gets so defensive. And it was just a side. It's like, where did that part of her character come from. Mm-hmm. We haven't really seen that. Yep. So it, she seemed a little moody. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it, a moody it's interesting Anna. with her and Olaf, there seemed to be some out of nowhere character things that, that weren't explained. Like you don't know he, why. Uh, Olaf seems, I thought he seemed a little more cynical. Right. And like he's, he's getting a little, oh, do you realize the world's not such, almost like it's not a perfect place. There's is anything permanent comes down to the end. Like is, you know, cause the end, he finally says love is one thing that's permanent, but he starts realizing things are changing quickly and, and uh, yeah, gets a little more. You think that's a flaw in the movie that they, they don't develop the, the, the characters are just the kind of new they're They kind of have these new kind of skip perspectives there. and we don't know why. Well, or, like for both of those characters, I think I enjoyed them a little bit less myself yeah. and the second one than I did the first. Yeah, I think it's that there's just so much information that they're trying to cover. And I can understand why they're doing that because they have a lot of they have a lot of fans asking why this, why this, why this, why this. And you're trying to cover all these things, but then you're trying not to you don't want to make a replica of what you've done before. So you're trying to. OK, this is six. We're six years Later in this production coming out, it's a, a, the kids that were 10 seeing it are now 16, 17 years old. So it's a different, you're hitting a different, uh, the characters have all grown. So Anna's, you know, grown some, yeah. I mean, of course it hasn't been six years, I guess, in their time, but it's, it's, uh, there's a, there's a passing of time and you, yeah. you, you have changed. You've grown a little bit. I think they, they do address it a little bit in the movie, um, I think in one of their conversations, Anna and Elsa, Anna's saying, you know, we've been essentially through too much. I can't lose you again type thing. And then that that was kind of an explanation for all this protectiveness. Um, So I think there's some attempts there, but you just didn't get to see it on film. It just kind of immediately was that. And you're being introduced to um, kind of a a more mature or, or experienced uh, Elsa and how she's responded. So I guess I felt like with with the, all the proposal, if there's anything I had, I would have cut. It was that it's like it's almost that it seemed like it was put in there for comedic. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, he's going to try to propose and everything's going to go wrong. And then, it, but it never, I never, I just it didn't seem to, it, to make me laugh, or I don't think it made the audience when I saw it in the theaters laugh, and so. It kind of I just created more tension, <laughs> and in a movie that's already got like all this. Oh, will they make it? Will she figure? Th- I mean, it's well, just, you had to do something with Christoph, right? Because yeah. what else did he do? Yeah, I mean, really, and every you know because he's a great singer, everybody right. wants to hear him sing the song. Well, so that was my, that was out. my favorite song in the movie. Yeah, um, believe it or not, like that that section in the in the forest with the reindeer background, the whole '80s power ballad <laughs> thing was kind of awesome. I I I would. I think it, it added to the movie as far as the singing, the songs right. go. I'm with you though. Like it seemed a little unnecessary. But it, that was line. a huge. That was a huge thing that fans probably wanted was you know a proposal. The what they well, that's they, true. But you're it right. could have been that could have been a short. Yeah, you're right. A whole a separate thing. Yeah. Um, what, what's the themes that you felt stuck out to you? The themes that were kind of powerful to you. What would you say? 
you know, there, there are the universal ones that I think that the, that the movie is about, but there, there's some undercurrents of things that happen too. What were the most powerful moments for you? One of the things I really liked was introducing the next right thing. Um, I thought that was a good, a good. Explain that if someone hasn't watched. Like, what do you mean? Uh, well, uh, there comes to a point where Anna has to say, you know, sometimes all you can do, what you've got to do is the next right thing. You don't know everything. You don't know what is going to happen down the road. All you can do is the next right thing. Yeah. And that's kind of a, a theme and, and a lot of, you know, people live through. Mm-hmm. And so I thought to bring, introduce that into a family movie, especially thing that kids would hear that because you sometimes you just, and life is hard and you what what am I going to do? It's like all you can do is the next right thing. Right. Anybody who's been through any kind of recovery or anything mm. like that, that's a very common phrase where you're going. Next, just make make the best right choice. Do the right, do the next right thing. And sometimes that's all you can do to get through the day. And that's what she's she's facing all this loss and concern of what you know what's going to happen in the future. And right, what it, yeah. I mean, do you have a, a a theme that spoke to you more than any other ones? That I, I was going to say something very similar yeah. to that. How about you though? Did you notice um, anything? You know, I, I the overall I love the the idea of of generational curses and past sins being dealt with and reckoned with. Um, something That's a big theme for a... <laughs> yes, it is. The grandfather... Not had, what, again, not something you think is going to pop up in a in right. Frozen 2. So I did you're, think that was really creative. And nobody wants to admit when you've got a f- flaw in your in your history. Yeah. And we mentioned this too, but a, minute, a little bit ago as we were talking and, um, but there, there's shades of, of Ray and Palpatine here, mm-hmm. you know, that at the end of rise of Skywalker, she's, you know, breaking from what seems inevitable, just her family history mm-hmm. and the curse of that. And I think there's shade, there's echoes and, and people can relate to this too. If you've ever, um, if it, it, something in the past that is, that has, um, wreaked havoc that you can't quite escape the shadow of some things you don't even know. Like, you know, that you hear stories all the time of something that you find out something that happened that was Mm -hmm. a wrong that had been committed Mm -hmm. and that that the wrongs need to be made right. Right. And that there's power in in kind of and in repentance and in reconciliation. And and really we have control to do those things. I thought that was a, a really power, the big overarching kind of theme of the whole, the whole movie, but just so powerful. And then the way you do that is by, is through self-sacrifice. And, and doing the next right thing. It's, the next right yeah, thing. Exactly. Um, that it might cost you a lot. It might cost you everything yeah. to do the right thing, but it's the right thing. And and therefore you do it and then and then and thankfully things work together, right? Things right. work work out in the end. And and even at great cost and peril, I think that's a that's a great message yeah. that the, that this movie and I really went from liking the movie to really liking the movie there. I definitely agree that my favorite part was when the vent, the adventure really starts from the time she's freezing the water and trying to figure out how to get and everybody's doing their their part in the story. I think that's when it really the momentum really picks up. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about just about everything. If we've, we've covered a lot, together. yeah. Did, All right. So, did, did you have a favorite character? I, we talked I think, about some some that we liked less, but 
Yeah, I, I, I think you both mentioned that you liked Anna less than this one than the first one you liked, right? And you liked Olaf less than this one, the first one, because he seemed more cynical and, and Anna just a little bit less, um, a little more, what's like the lucky word? carefree type. Less carefree? You think Anna was... Le- like she was kind of the less go lucky, carefree, yeah, type girl. I feel like we met in the first one. So who was your who was your favorite Innocent character in this one? Is that what you just asked, David? Yeah, I was saying. I was saying. Do you have a favorite character? Or not. I mean, more than you know, who is it? But did you have one? You don't have to have one either. That's okay. <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm trying to think. I don't know that I did. I mean, you know. I don't know that I did in the first one particularly. I I think in the first one, though, I think Anna's the one that has the most likable presence in the first movie. And so that was maybe why in this movie just seemed a little different. Hmm. But she she was less likable in this movie. No, of course, she, it it just took a while to get there because at the end, you're like, well, here's our, you know, she's being a a strong uh, hero again. Yeah, I mean, it always felt like it was for good reason. I I think reasons that, like, you could uh, admire and respect, you know. Um, She's got more responsibility. She does, absolutely. You know, um, more baggage. I think that was a good thing, which you said a minute ago, that kind of helps me a little bit in just thinking about why, because she is very desperate not to lose what she's got. She's waited all her life to have her sister back in her life. And so, you know, I can see that, but... With Kristoff, I couldn't figure out what what is all this defense defensiveness that just kind of jumped out. So, anyway, I think it was just tr- trying to create uh, a running gag that was going to continue throughout the movie. He's going to try to propose to her multiple times, and you know, gotcha. So, fine, you know, as we as we wrap this up, um, let's give this a rating on a five scale on our five mouse ear scale. Um, how would you rate Frozen? Two. We'll start with we'll start with you, David. Okay, you always like to me to give a point. I would just probably say four, but since I've given some other things four, yeah, give us for Call of the Wild. I think I gave it a four, and I think well, onward you gave a four too. Yeah, you like four. Uh, well, it's I mean five is perfect. You're right, and so you can do points like you can do four point one or three point nine or. Well, then I should, then I would have to go back and probably uh, <laughs> change my score on. Onward and and give it more like a four point three. Okay, and maybe give Frozen a four two a four point one. So you, you like Frozen less a little less than Onward then? I think I did. Yeah. Okay. Four point one, but that's a good score. Like yeah. I think that's consistent with Rotten Tomatoes and a lot of the, the commentary on this movie. Or I mean, what about you? I, I would do about the same. Probably yeah. four four point one something so, like that. Uh, but they're I mean actually they're both pretty close to me. I probably liked one just maybe maybe onward a little bit better. You know I can't. I would like to just do something to be different, but I can't. Like uh, right in there at four to four point one. 4.2 ish. I, I, again, I liked it a little less than the first frozen. I liked onward. I think I liked onward better in general. Um, uh, although I, I, I can say I really liked this movie, but it took, it took a minute for me to get I, into what it. I really did. Like, I appreciated that. I mean, it's an epic, yep. I mean, it's an epic journey. It has, it's big. Mm-hmm. And so it's for an animated movie to do everything they did, man, that's really impressive. Yeah, and it looks great, and it's just well done, and and even even if the the, the songs didn't like stick with me, 
Um, and we've, I've been a little critical of that. I do respect the ride. It's incredible writing. It's yeah, incredible. Really good. Absolutely. Yeah. Incredible music. Same. Um, and the score. So, um, and, so, and, and it's, it's a, it's a, it's a different type of story than the first, mm-hmm. the first one, which is more just about these characters in this one location. And now we're all going all over the, <laughs> yeah, the, the countryside. It's just a much more epic. Harder to tell story. a story like that too. More moving parts. A lot deeper. of, a lot of information. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, that's, that's our score. So you have uh, 4.1, 4.1, we'll go with 4.1. We'll all <laughs> three agree on this. Um, that's what we, that's why we love Disney is because we have movies like Frozen 2. We talk about those. Um, we'd love to know what you think of Frozen 2. Um, let us know. Um, you can contact us through our website, whyilovedisney.com, or through Twitter, whyilovedisney1. So thank you for listening to the special quarantine edition of the Why I Love Disney podcast. And we got a, we got more coming at you. We got Tron. We got The Parent Trap. We've got the Apple Dumpling Gang. We've got all sorts of movies that we're watching and we're going to talk about here on the Wild of Disney podcast. So stick with us. Don't miss it. Hey, share it with a friend, too. If, you, um, if you're stuck at home and you've just got tons of things to listen to, man, watch the movie and let us know what you think. We'll talk about it together. So until next time, have a great week. We can edit that. I've been editing a lot of things. <laughs> yeah.